Hi, this is Mr. Marting, and this is Chapter 15, Page 94. Six months after Mommy ran off with the wrestler, they were in a terrible car accident. He died from internal bleeding. Mommy escaped with a bad cut on her head where she'd hit the windshield. Once again, she returned to us with a broken heart. During the two weeks after Mommy's return, I would wake up to the sound of crying. In the thin moonlight, streaming through the gaps between the bamboo sticks, I'd see her sitting on her bed, trembling as she sobbed. We didn't know how to comfort her or what to say, so we stayed away. She stayed away from us, too, and only once did she try to hold one of us. Yet, when she reached for Betty, my little sister cried and held her arms out to Mago. Why are you crying? I'm your mother, Mommy said. But Betty just cried harder, and Mommy had no choice but to give her back to Mago. She didn't try to hold her again. You have to give her time, Abuelita Chinta said. You've been gone for many months, Juana. I came back, didn't I? Mommy said. The truth was that she had come back. But would she have done so if a wrestler hadn't died? Would she have come back if my father hadn't left her for another woman? We didn't ask the questions. We didn't know the answers to our questions. and We were afraid to ask. Finally, one day, Mommy sent Carlos to the neighbor's house to buy water for them on credit. After she bathed, for the first time she'd been back, she stood in front of the mirror to put on makeup. She pursed her lips together, and I imagined she was kissing Poppy through the mirror. With the bright red color on her lips, hot pink cheeks, and dark blue eyeshadow, Mommy became a different woman. And I could almost see that other mother, the one she'd been before she left, peeking through. She combed her hair and wrapped a bandana over her head to cover the areas the doctors had shaved to stitch up her cuts. She opened the dresser and took out her nicest dress. Then she sprayed on perfume that smelled of jasmine. Well, wish me luck, she said as she left the house. The four of us knelt at my mother's al- grandmother's altar and prayed for Mami to find a job. She came back with a smile on her face. Don Oscar, her former ba- boss, had given her back her old job at the record shop, although she'd have to work the afternoon shift. But a job is a job, Mommy said, smiling. Even Betty, at three years old, seemed to know it was time to celebrate. Because when Mommy reached out for her, Betty jumped into Mommy's outstretched arms. Mommy said, let's go to El Zocalo. We washed our dirty feet and faces as quickly as we could and then went out to the main road to catch a taxi. Mommy asked the driver to drop us off at her sister's house. She lived downtown, close to everything. Tia Guerra came with us to the plaza, and while she and Mommy sat at a bench and talked, we played hide-and-seek with the other kids there. I remembered that whenever we had come here with Abuelita Chinta, it had been really hard for me to see all those mothers and fathers sitting there on the park benches, watching their kids play. How different it felt that day. When I, while I ran and laughed and chased the other kids around, I would steal glances at the bench where my mother sat with my aunt, and I'd wave at her because I wanted to make sure I wasn't imagining her. When she waved back, I felt as if I was flying, because it was so good to know I wasn't dreaming. A few weeks later, Mommy came home full of excitement. She said, the government is giving away land, and hurried to gather things we need to become squatters. So Mago carried Betty, Carlos carried a rope, I carried a blanket, and Mommy led the way with a shovel and a flashlight in her hands. We hurried to keep pace with Mommy as we headed to the river. We came to a big meadow. On the other side of the river was a grove of mangroves and tamarind trees. There were people at the meadow already staking out their piece of land. Mommy said the government was going to give away very soon. Mommy chose one of the few spots still available. 
Carlos gathered branches to use as posts. Once they were in the ground, we tied the rope from one post to the other to create a big square. Mommy walked into the middle of the square, put a blanket down, and then sat and smiled. Here's where we're going to live, she said. I'm going to show your father I can build my own dream house, too. Mago, Carlos, Betty, and I sat next to Mommy. All around us were families who, just like Mommy, were there because they also had a dream. They were building tents out of torn sheets, cardboard, branches, and a piece of corrugated metal. Some even had a fire going and were cooking a meal out in the open. I caught a whiff of beans boiling and my stomach growled. I hadn't brought a single thing to eat. So what happens now? Mago asked. We wait, Mommy said. They didn't say when exactly the government officials are going to come by to give us the deed to land, but it shouldn't be long. For now, we can't go anywhere or we'll lose our spot. I turned to look behind me. The river was only about 50 yards away. I thought of my cousin Catalina. I didn't want to live this close to the river where my cousin had drowned. I thought of La Llorona and how she always roamed rivers, canals, and creeks. I didn't want to live any closer to the water. I'm hungry, Betty said. Me too, Carlos said. Me too, Mago and I said. Mommy shook her head at us. Think of this as an adventure, she said. She grabbed a stick and got up. Here's where my room will go. Where do you kids want your room to be? Mago ran to a spot and said, here, over here, so I can get a nice view of the river. Carlos said, I want my room to face the mountains. I chose the spot next to Carlos because I didn't want a view of the river, but I did love the mountains. And here's where the kitchen will be and the living room, Mommy said, tracing the lines in the dirt with her stick. But we couldn't be adventurous for long with empty stomachs. We sat back in the middle of the open land under the hot sun, with nothing to eat or drink. Finally, Mommy couldn't take her complaints anymore, and she got up and said, Let's go home so you can have your dinner. But only you girls, Carlos, you stay to guard our land. Carlos groaned, But I'm hungry too. Don't you dare go anywhere. I'll come back with food and water for you, Mommy said. But we headed down to the tracks. As we headed down to the tracks, I turned to wave goodbye to Carlos. He didn't see me. He sat on the ground, scratching the dirt with a stick. I wondered if he was drawing the furniture for his bedroom. Mommy appointed Carlos as the head squatter, which meant he was responsible for watching our land. On the days that followed, Mago and I went to school while Carlos stayed by himself down by the river. He built himself a tent using branches, an old blanket, and pieces of cardboard. As soon as we got back from school, Mago and I rushed over to Carlos with a pot of alphabet soup and beans and tortillas. By the time we got there, Carlos was about to pee himself. He rushed to the nearest bushes while we laughed. Why won't they hurry up and give us the land, Carlos said. I don't want to be here much longer. Mommy checked on Carlos as often as possible. She brought him caramel candies and lollipops, comic books, and a bag of little green soldiers to help pass the time. Any time now, mijo. Just be patient, Mommy said. I'll be patient, Mommy. Mago brought Carlos the homework his teacher sent him every day so he wouldn't fall behind in class. We stayed with him for as long as we could, but as soon as the sun went down, Mago, Betty, and I got up and left. We waved goodbye and left him behind to guard the spot where one day Mommy hoped to build herself a dream house of her own. Then Abuelita Chinta said, Juana, this is ridiculous. It's been two weeks already. How much longer are you going to keep that boy out there in the middle of nowhere? For as long as necessary, Mommy said. A thing like this requires sacrifices. Soon, Carlos got sick with a cough, and Abelita Chinta said it was the midnight chill and the morning dew that was getting into his lungs. What will you do if he catches pneumonia? Abelita Chinta asked. He won't, 
Any minute now we'll get the deed and have our own land, Mami responded. But the next day, Carlos was worse. He coughed so much that even the squatters all around him complained they couldn't sleep at night because of his coughing. Take the boy home, they told Mummy. She brought him some cough syrup and a little jar of vapor rub. And every day before going to work, she checked on him. Abelita Chino watched with worried eyes till finally she said, ah, let's go and solve this problem once and for all. We went with our grandmother to the river. And by then, Carlos was burning off with fever. He was sleeping on the ground on top of his blanket and his arms were wrapped around his legs. He had wet himself too and flies buzzed all around. Come on, mijo, let's go home. Abelita Chinta said as she picked him up. Even in his feverish state, Carlos refused to go. No, no, I'll help mommy with her dream house. He was so weak. It wasn't hard for us to pick him up. We took my brother home where my grandmother immediately set out to heal him. When mommy came home, she ran over to the river to save her land, but by then, new squatters had moved in. She came back home in tears. I'm sorry, mommy, Carlos said. Then he buried his head in the pillow.